Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Welcome back to the Red Tax Podcast. This is Voga, and I'm Voga Lumicente on Instagram. And I am Rai, aka the Misty Soul Mystic on Instagram. Oh my gosh, today we have such we have such the most special guest ever. Um, she is known as the most dangerous woman on the internet for reasons that I will not divulge right now here on this public platform. But if you know her personally, then you know that she is the most dangerous woman on the internet. And my friends will confirm that she is the most dangerous woman on the internet. That's the reason why her hair is so big. It's full of secrets. <laughs> and odds are she knows yours. So be very careful with this one. We love her very, very much. We can't trust her as far as we can throw her. Um, her name is Florence, and she is the trans folk witch um, on Instagram. And um, we love her. She's amazing. She is a, um, she is a magical practitioner that exist on the internets and she is also a podcast host that i am waiting for another episode to come out because the last episode that i remember was rise episode i believe or no there's one after that but i don't remember who who is the guest but i remember rise episode was like the one thing i the one episode i remember listening to um but anyways um florence please introduce yourself tell us who you are your your pronouns etc etc everything that you want to divulge please uh my name is flo i'm the trans folk witch on instagram uh i run a podcast called becoming our lady um i'm on hiatus and definitely pot making a podcast by yourself is not fun especially when it's free <laughs> uh so we'll do we'll see how that goes but yes rye was the last person on my podcast that was a lot of fun um, I have removed a lot of my podcast episodes just for privacy reasons. I had a lot of people on the internet who didn't like me. Mm. Um, so that's a whole other topic. Most of them were TERFs. Oh, so that's oh gross. God. Um, but yeah, uh, just like you said, I am the most dangerous woman on the internet. Thank you for giving me that title. I love that. Up there that. with Azalea Banks. I, no one's ever called me such a great thing before. I was going to say that that was a title that I coined that I told Austin. Austin was like, that's her. That's exactly who she is. <laughs> it is. I, if you don't know me, my Instagram, most of my stories, if they're not just like stupid, like cute animal videos, then they definitely are me calling out people I see on Instagram or other mm-hmm. forms of media. She's very good at it. And um, there's a lot of fake girls out there. There's a lot of little girlies out there mm-hmm. who think that they're hot when they're not. Yeah, there are a lot of dollies who are not. Who are not performing. Mm-hmm. They're not. This is not doll behavior. And Flo will definitely and call them. And some of them have podcasts. <laughs> and some of them have podcasts. <laughs> Take their mics away. Ooh, yikes! <laughs> Let's stop giving straight men mics, please. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so Flo is absolutely incredible. Their their feed really gives me so much. I have so much fun. The thing about it is, is that whenever um, Flo like hits me up, like DMs me or whatever, it's usually about 
tea. And it's usually in response to something that I post on my story. It's either like a person that I post on my story. It's like, I have tea. I was like, spill. And then we're just like, we're like gabbing for like an- Everyone tells me everything. I know. Flo really has everyone's secrets. It's incredible. So this is the one that- I also know where they all live, but- I'm like, that's like my secret superpower. Whenever I was very young, my mom taught me how to like stalk people on Google. So whenever I meet someone, the first thing I do is just figure out where they live. She, she looked me up even. She was like, you got (laughs) nothing. She's crazy. She looked me up and she was like, you got nothing on your record. You're good. But she found out where my address was. I was like, bitch. Oh my God. (laughs) Love that. Oh, it, it was. That's what I'm saying. Most dangerous woman on the internet. So. Keep an eye out for this one. She's she is dangerous. But um, before we get into the topic, I just want to do a really quick t- check in, as per usual. Um, let's start with my gorgeous co-host Rye. How have you been doing since last time we spoke? Good. I mean, we just spoke what like a couple days ago. Yeah, we've, we've been... been bulk recording y'all because uh, Rye's yeah. about to go on a on a trip, so we've been recording a lot of episodes lately too. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm a little I'm a little tired, but I'm doing it I'm doing it for us to make sure that we get these episodes out. But anyways, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, my little sister came through this weekend because we saw Sam Smith on Monday night at the Chase Center. It was fantastic. Yeah. I, there was a thing so going good. on, uh, going around TikTok where, like, he was. Uh, they were, excuse me. They were thanking like for San Francisco for, like, helping them like come into like their like identity. Like, I saw people were getting like emotional. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. But they they were shouting out like the Castro and stuff. I guess they were walking around the Castro this weekend in the city. I, I, I don't know how I would have reacted if I ran into Sam Smith on the streets, but uh, it, great mm-hmm. vocals, amazing vocals, um, great great costumes mm. or like just wardrobes mm-hmm. uh, amazing and then uh textiles I, are kind gender euphoria the textiles like are giving their gender euphoria oh yeah era. oh, oh whole, she like, she is truly in her gender euphoria era for sure absolutely um the whole like devilish gay cabaret at the end it was phenomenal anywho mm-hmm. um took my sister to go see that because uh she and i saw sam smith for the first time together like years years back when i love their older music like their their new album's cute it's whatever but like their older music is like where it's at for me oh for sure yeah yeah and then um then i took her to see barbie for the first time <gasps> yesterday uh she loved movie. it it was my third time seeing it and oh. it was it was great i liked it um i just like the soundtrack it's it's, so, it's good. so good it's so good i thoroughly enjoyed that movie that movie also gave me gender mm. euphoria yeah same i like i'm, I'm not a big you. movie rewatcher, was... and i just can't stop going yeah it's it's i'm also not a movie rewatcher that movie was fantastic mm-hmm. the second that i saw the trailer when her foot stepped out of the heel mm-hmm. yeah and they were perfectly like made for the heel mm-hmm. I knew I so, so, so there's so many easter eggs in the movie too because greta gerwig is like a huge like film fanatic and so there's a, a lot of bunch of references like the very beginning of the films i referenced like 2001 a space odyssey and it's it's, it's all cute yeah. um mm-hmm. and then i'm super stoked because my transcendental meditation course is this weekend and i'm like i've been so oh, yeah. on and off with my meditation practice so i'm really excited to like learn this new meditation technique and hopefully like make it a habit because i've heard mostly good things about it some people have had like intense experiences with it but um i feel like since i'm doing a lot of work on myself that i'm I'm hoping it'll be more positive than anything else but i'm just stoked to like get this new technique under my belt but other than that i've just been chilling oh i hung out with shane today for the first time in like months and we went i miss her 
We yeah, we went to this co-working space. I recognize that name. <laughs> uh, what's their Instagram? Midnight Gospel. Um, Midnight so Expensify Gospel. has a co-working space in the city, and as long as you're a member, which like the the lowest one is like ten dollars a month, you can use their co-working space, and it looks like this like high end like airport lounge bar, and like all the drinks like and cocktails are all complimentary, like coffee alcohol snacks like everything there is complimentary aside from like the 10 bucks a month you pay and so like we, shane and i like took two shots of tequila before we left and then like i got like an aperol spritz which is one of my favorite cocktails and i'm like for 10 bucks a month like <laughs> all these free oh drinks God. like absolutely sign me up and it's just a cute spot to go study and work at so now i have like a new place to go to go study but I love um, that yeah how are you i'm Oh, God. Okay, I have some updates um, that's happened within the last couple of days, which is so weird, mundane and magical. So I have some tea. So some people who have been following the podcast for the last couple of months know that I am now in a new clinic. I got a new job because of different reasons. But I was desperate for a new job. I was desperate for leaving the, the my prior place because of different reasons. I was very stressed out. There was a lot of expectations, blah, 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 blah. And the likelihood of me finding another job, especially in a, in a building that I specifically wanted to go to, was very, very low. So me being who I am, wanted to increase my chances of actually getting a job that I actually wanted and did a novena to it, a spell. I actually did like an actual nine-day spell. I just wanted to just uh, kind of talk about the consequences of magic <laughs> because the spell worked i got the job but it was at the expense of somebody else that i just i found out and hap- it happened i found out yesterday and sometimes these are kind of the consequences that you have to endure when it comes to performing magic there is a balance that the universe needs to kind of uphold and sometimes when you fuck around you'll find out okay this one didn't affect me personally um, it actually, it benefited me in great ways. I got the, the exact job and the exact building that I actually casted for, but it was at the expense of someone else. I actually, in some ways, took their place at this building. This, this person, I found out through people talking around me that this person was kind of forced out of the building and was not happy about it by the person who gave me the job. So, like, they were trying to force them out into another building that they didn't want to go to, but eventually they kind of, like, agreed because, like, they were kind of being pressured into doing it so that they could make room for me to get that job. So I found that out, and I got, I got obviously, this guilt started to set in because I was just like, I don't even know this person, and this person probably thinks that I, like, stole their job away from them. Right. And so like this whole thing kind of happened. And then I thought back and I was like, how did the, how the fuck did this happen? Like how did, I was like, oh, cause you, you lit a candle and you prayed really fucking hard for this job and you got it. And this is kind of like the consequences of magic sometimes where sometimes to get, to get the things that you want, the things that you asked for, the things that you pray for, it might be taking something else away from somebody, something taking that thing away from somebody else. And it's just something that you kind of have to deal with. There's nothing I could do about it now. Cause I work there, but like, it's just one of those things. I have that in my brain now that like I'm there because someone had to leave. So that happened. <laughs> that was a very interesting, that was a little lesson that I had to learn. Um, I already, I was very aware of it, but like the thing about it, like that's happened before consequences for my magic has happened before, but not to that extent. Nothing has really backfired on me. My, th- th- this was really a backfire, but this was kind of a, lic- a lesson on, you know, consider 
all aspects of your magic, who it could potentially be affecting. Didn't really consider it. I just wanted to get a new job. And I did. And someone had to suffer for it. Someone who is in some way might maybe completely innocent. They just, they just had to kind of suffer the consequences of my magic. So my spell worked, which was cool. Someone had to suffer for it, which was not that cool. Also, something that I also um, was able to finally get today was my PTO payout from my last job. Some advice, some advice that I can give to like, it was a lot of money because I did not take a vacation for like three years. So I had over 100 hours of PTO racked up. So I got a lot of money back. But the thing about it is because it's PTO payback. Let me just tell anyone who has the privilege of having PTO or benefits like that. Take your vacation days because PTO payback or PTO payout is fucking highway robbery. They take like 30%. If they if you do PTO payout, they don't give you 100% of what you're entitled to. So if you have PTO, take the PTO cuz you get 100% back. If you actually take the vacation days, they pay you 100%. But if you get the payout, they take like 30% of it. And they they, they tax you like 30%. So I was supposed to get like s- almost $6,000 in this PTO payout and they took like 1700. God. Damn. I was really 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 annoyed i was like seventeen hundred dollars is an absurd amount of money to take away from me that i earned that i earned like pto was earned and they took that away from me because i didn't take vacation days and i didn't have a choice where was i gonna go i was gonna take vacation days during a pandemic where was i gonna go i'd rather work right and that's what exactly what i did so but anyways i got my check i was like destitute broke for like a little bit because like like I started this new job and I haven't been paid yet. So like, I was like, Ooh, I was anyways. So that was cool. I got my money. I got my job. Someone had to suffer for my magic. Little lesson learned. <laughs> Someone might actually suffer for the magic that you cast. So be careful enough about me. Flo, how are you? I'm pretty good. I also had some pretty big work stuff happen today, but just a racist bitch got let go. Yum. We love to see it. Yum. That's so yummy. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> she, we have a Zoom call every Wednesday, twice, on, yeah, twice every Wednesday. And this morning, we were just talking about life, and she was, like, talking about how she's single and all on all of these dating apps. And she just casually slipped in that she is just not attracted to black men. And that she wishes that there weren't as many of them where she lived. That, and I'm just like, ma'am. <laughs> and of course, like, no absurd. one said anything. <laughs> and I was like, should I be the one to say something? What an absolutely absurd thing to I say. I wish I would have. But then whenever we got to our second Zoom meeting, just like, I don't know, four hours ago, our boss said she won't be joining us today. She's being let go. And when I tell you our little group message... <laughs> kicked her out immediately <laughs> and we were talking so much magic of course and it was by angela by girly if you're watching this <laughs> oh fuck you angela but yeah we love we love to see it i wish that i would have said something but again like what do you do i was so it was so unexpected what would you even say in that situation i mean yeah i would have been i probably would have made a stupid joke saying like I don't know. I don't even know what I would say. Because I, uh, I would have thought... I think I would have just been like... Oh. I would have... Like, imi- <laughs> like initially, I would have been... I would have thought that was, like, a joke. Because, like, I just... I, I would have never... I, I just, like, in my head... <clears throat> I would never think that someone would be as brazen or as fucking presumptuous as to just think that saying like that is okay. I'm not surprised anymore. I think it was because, like, everyone on the Zoom was white, so she just assumed... Uh... 
And it was just like, girl, and it would be one thing, and this is not an excuse, but I live in Arkansas. I didn't mention that. I live in the Ozarks. I practice Ozark traditional witchcraft, just looping that in there. Um, But racism here is a little more open Mm. than, say, in California. But this girl lives in California. Oh, so she's just an idiot. So. Yeah. So she's just an idiot. No, she's just an idiot. She fucked Um, around and found out. It was just really unexpected. Well, I'm pretty sure. I mean, the racists in Arkansas are, are idiots too. But I'm just saying, it's like yeah, oh, definitely. But like to say yeah. that you don't want, you wish that there were less black people around you yeah. in California because you're unattracted yeah. to. Like that's absurd. What an absurd thing to say. That's the dumbest thing. I've yeah, ever it's heard. so One of the what dumbest a, I've heard. For so sure. stupid. Those are the people who are just like then move, <laughs> like right. go go somewhere. Go somewhere, go somewhere where the... And, like, why mention this at work at 8.05 in the morning? Also, yeah, what is Starting what a stupid, the day with that? Yeah. Like, talking about who you who you are or, or talking about your relationships in the first place is such a stupid thing to... Anyways, oh, my God. Bye, Angela. Mm-hmm. I hope uh, I, I, I hope you <laughs> never find a job ever again. I hope you never find love. Same. Fuck you. But maybe she's the bitch that you took the job from. <laughs> No, <laughs> I wish that would be incredible. No, if only. No, yeah. I wish. No, apparently the person that I took the job from was actually a very, very well liked person. Oh, <laughs> so, oh. so like I understand now that some of the nurses have been kind of passive aggressive to me. So, <laughs> yikes! Whatever. I'm getting my money. I don't care. Uh, I care a little bit. That's not true. I care a little bit. I feel. I feel kind of bad. A job. A job's a job, and I did the work, and I did the magic. I'm sorry. Survival. Of it is. Survival. Of day, someone would have got the position, and this it just ended up being you. I honestly don't think the conversation would have been initiated if I didn't ask for the job. If I wasn't asking for if there was a full-time position open. Because mm-hmm. that was how I started the conversation. Was like, if, is there a full-time position open? And then they started working. They started making sure that there was a full-time position open. And that's also because I lit that fucking candle. Sorry. I'm really good at what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at magic. I'm sorry. <laughs> Speaking of, the reason why we asked Flo to be on the podcast were for many reasons. We've been wanting Flo on the on the podcast for a while. We're basically podcast siblings, I think, because we cover some of the same topics, even though I think that Flo's cosmology is a little bit more less traditional, let's say. There's a lot of mm-hmm. different praxis. A lot of it's very UPG heavy based on her own resor- uh, re- research and experiences. Yeah. Based on whatever I see on whatever drug I'm taking. That's right. <laughs> and whichever, yeah, whichever planet and whichever, whichever so angel is associated with that planet. Yeah, it's, this is, it goes, it goes into things. Y'all should really yeah. listen to what is available of um, becoming our, our lady. It's really, they truly are interesting conversations. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And I, I can't wait for you to start producing more. I'm not pushing you in any way, but I'm just saying that. I know. I'll probably get around to it sometime. I thoroughly but... enjoy your content. So please, whenever you feel inclined to, please do. <laughs> but um, we do want, we wanted to flow to come on because um, something that we haven't really dove deep into is kind of like the queer Catholic perspective is something that we have mentioned here and there something that is very inherent in all of our practices rye and i talk about our our queerness all the time but we never really spoke about in depth how we navigate the queer space as well as the catholic pantheon and how that works for us and how it makes it different from someone who would might be a traditional catholic as something that Ryan and I have I, I've definitely grown into my into my gender expression into my gender identity in this podcast a lot of it's because of 
Rye, and because Rye, I think, was more, I don't know. Quirky? <laughs> no, no, not quirky. I, I was going to say more like gender mature, I guess. I don't know what the, or like more, I don't know, knowledgeable in in teaching me on how like my gender should be expressed and how my gender should be. It's not just you, though. It was, it was a lot of you, a lot of Austin, and a lot of other people that were around me. Austin, loudmouth girl. <sighs> wow. That lady, yeah, that lady really... She knows. Mm-hmm. She, if you're the most dangerous woman on the internet, she's definitely the second. She's yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, right. Um, the topic of uh, queer expression and um, queer Catholicism. How do you how do you see that? How do you feel about that? I mean, it's just, it's all just so nuanced. I mean, it, it manifests differently for each practitioner, but I think particularly for queer individuals because each of us express our queerness in our own different authentic unique ways and i feel like that Mm -hmm. also reflects in one's magical spiritual practice and so i'm really curious to hear flo's experience with not even just the catholic realm but like just your your practice and magic as as a whole i feel like vogue and i've spoken so much to our experiences so yeah you you i think you even had a whole episode about your genders yeah i think like whenever voga whenever you first came out y'all had a whole episode Mm -hmm. a fantastic episode but yeah, I think that there's a lot of, um, like you said, nuance to being queer. But for me, I'm trans, trans woman. My pronouns are she, her. And for me, there's not too much for us in the Catholic community. Like, they don't talk about it. We don't exist. And if we do, it's not good. Um, so th- everything that I've kind of put into my practice has been from more pagan or animist perspectives. Uh, in fact, I'm kind of getting to a place where I'm not even really calling myself a folk Catholic anymore. Oh my goodness. Shocker. Yeah, it's more, yes. I think it's more like Catholic animism, mm. or honestly, just my religion can't really be defined by these terms. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, to break it down, uh, I take local gods, I'm an animist at heart. Um, I take local gods, ideas from Ozark folklore, and then I anthropomorphize them with Catholic saints and spirits. So for me, like, Jesus is a sun god, and you can, there's so many people that think that he's been syncretized with Sol Invictus. You can go down a whole rabbit hole. Mary, Earth goddess, people, there's people out there. It's not just me, I promise. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I am not so much interested in defining my spirits and my beliefs based on what the catholic church has to say Mm -hmm. i didn't grow up catholic and even if i did i don't give a fuck i'm gonna just do with my spirits whatever i want and whatever they say to um and that didn't really have anything to do with me being trans i started doing that venerating mary even before i realized that i was trans but now it's just kind of like does queerness like queerness does intersect but also does it matter do we have gender to the spirits does mary see me differently than she does a cis woman or a cis man i i don't really know that's the question i also feel like there is this deep witch like i also practice traditional witchcraft so for me my queerness is more aligned with the traditional witchcraft aspects of my practice not so much the folk catholicism Mm -hmm. It's not like, I feel like queerness has been villainized in the church. So why don't I just become a Satanist? 
<laughs> you know, like I just kind of the dancing with the folkloric devil. That is more representative of my queerness than Jesus or Mary or whatever saint I have here. Not to say they don't accept it, because to me they're just archetypes. But I don't really feel like that's something that I really even delve too much into. I feel like queerness, specifically being trans, is something that is so historical and very pagan and accepted in indigenous communities. And the Catholic Church tried to erase that. So if we want to put queerness back into Catholicism, meaning like traditional Catholicism, we would need to reinstate more indigenous beliefs into Catholicism and stop creating dogma and telling people how to believe and taking the Bible as literal fact all the time. (laughs) Well, no, I I totally agree with you. And to be totally honest with you, I have no interest in implementing any sort of queerness into traditional Catholicism. (laughs) Like I have, I have no interest in that because frankly, what is that really going to, first of all, I don't think it's possible. Um, Mm -mm. I, I, that's a, that, that is a battle that is worth, nothing to me it's a it's not worth my time but i do think that navigating and deconstructing catholicism to the point to where it actually reflects my queerness is something that i had to do something that actually fits is something that i had to do because like what you were saying is like does it matter to mary whether i'm whether i'm queer or not yes and no i think she i think she the fact that I'm queer doesn't matter, but I think the fact that I present myself as my truest self to her matters more. So I tell folks when I'm doing really big workings, I tell folks, I don't know why I said that. I tell my friends when I'm doing really, really big workings, I told Franny this, I think one of the, one of the times we were actually going to cast like a huge conjuration. I told her I was writing the conjuration myself. And I said, we need to glam up for this one. I want you to really show like our spirits, how we like to present ourselves at, at our truest form, at our most beautiful form. And so we did like, we, we, we spent like an hour and a half before glamming up for a conjuration because I wanted to present ourselves to our spirits the way that we wanted to show ourselves, like how we like to show ourselves, like how we want to see ourselves. Right. So I think there is an aspect of my queerness that is part of my queerness, that is part of my queer identity, is being able to transform myself and show myself that I can turn into this person, especially with the days, because I'm, 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 I'm fluid. Like my, my gender identity and my gender expression changes from day to day. Unless it has to come up, like come up with my brand and my Instagram, this, this is always, this is what you're going to see because it's the brand. You know, there are times where I see myself and I, I can't get myself to put my makeup on and there is this, it, it, it turns into a trigger for me where I'm just like, I don't see myself as the person that I want to, that I want to be when I present myself to the altar or present myself to my spirit. So sometimes it matters and sometimes it doesn't. So I kind of have to constantly navigate which, when, when, when it matters and when it doesn't matter, you know, it depends on what that's really dictated by me. It's not dictated, but dictated by my spirits. It's my spirits kind of accept me for any, the one, I think the ones, the spirits that are kind of less, I guess, forgiving are more like my ancestors because it's something that's foreign to Mm -hmm. them. It's not something that's really conventional. It's not something that they were really, they really grew up seeing maybe that's why I'm a little bit more apprehensive with presenting myself to my spirits this way, but my heavenly court, that's a little bit different. Like I present myself in my most powerful as my Mm -hmm. most powerful image. Right. 
I feel the exact same way, but it's funny that you mentioned ancestors. Um, because tomorrow is my late grandfather's birthday. Uh, so I am trying to do like a cute little thing. I do something every year. We ha- have this thing in the Ozarks called a dumb supper. It's essentially just a darkly or dim lit room where you prepare a meal and at the head of the table you have an empty chair for the ancestor in question and it's called the dumb supper because being dumb and mute kind it's very ableist but that's what it's called you would be quiet and you cannot be make any noise this be a very silent dinner or it would be displeasing to the spirits so i'm planning on doing that tomorrow and my big problem is like this is my this is my first time having him specifically since I've come out as trans. So I'm just like, oh, how is this going to... Like, I haven't done divination on it. Mm. I've never considered, like, is this spirit going to, like, flip the table? I, I don't know. So yeah, that's just something that I've also been wondering. But I feel like other spirits, like my father, he died several years ago. His spirit was not chill. His spirit was like trying to mess up my life and gave me flat tires and gave me the flu, like things like that around the time that I conversed with the spirit that I was trans. And that was one of those times where you got to pull out the brick and you got to stomp it on the spirit's effigy Mm -hmm. and you've got to teach the spirit. That's one of those moments where the witch has to command the spirit and not just be friends with the spirit. Um, There's this thing in the Ozarks where you would trap a spirit in a sometimes a bottle and that's not just in the Ozarks it's everywhere in the world but specifically you would pray uh oh I think it's Psalms 11 something it's a psalm I have it written somewhere I've only done it once but you would whisper that into the bottle and then whenever the sun rises the sun would bring that spirit and trap it in that bottle and you would just like pee in the bottle, you would spit in the bottle, just that is fucking with the spirit until they adjust to whatever you need them to do. And sometimes you gotta do, it doesn't matter if they're your ancestors, if they don't accept you for being queer, yeah, all of your other spirits do. You just gotta, gotta teach them. <laughs> and I know that's dark. No, but that's, that's yummy. No, that's witchcraft. Yeah, that's yeah. so um, yummy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so metal. I love that. Oh, it's so punk. It's so punk. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah, I think there is a overlap with traditional witchcraft and folk Catholicism. And I feel like not many people talk about it. And the people who do, meaning me, people are like, oh, that's not love and light. What would Mary think? What would Jesus think? <laughs> um, I don't care right uh when the sun goes down god's not watching um (laughs) most witchcraft is done when the moon is out anyway like i don't really care i do understand like obviously don't curse without covering mary's effigy her statue obviously don't pray the rosary in front of my devilish altar there's taboos but Mm -hmm. i don't really have an issue combining the two in fact that's very present in the ozarks the idea that the witch is amongst us in the church the witch is just in the human skin fitting among fitting in amongst us it's very tied in with the church you can't really have one without the other uh so i hate catholicism i hate evangelicalism protestantism but if they didn't exist then i would have no purpose like i would have no reason to 
be mean to spirits and <laughs> be mean to other people and curse and hex and jinx and I would have no reason and I love I love Maleficium I love not to be an edgelord but I feel like that is part of being a witch and I I don't know I just don't think that praying the rosary should be the extent praying to the saints there should be a space for you to have a dip into your own darkness into your lower spirits Mm -hmm. and just kind of live in that sexual animalistic part of yourself and sometimes i feel like folk catholicism doesn't let you do that the community doesn't let you do that because that's not present in normal catholicism and once you get too far off off of book off of script they don't really consider you folk catholic anymore Mm. and that's just kind of a problem i've run into where i'm just like Maybe I'm not full Catholic. Maybe, maybe there's this. Maybe I'm just a traditional witch, and I just happen to incorporate Catholic things into my practice. I really don't know. Titles behoove me. So. Oh God! See, this is ugh, this. Th- okay, so coming off of Chris's episode, which was the last episode, yeah. and then now talking to Florence, y'all are giving me like this existential crisis in regards to how I identify as a folk Catholic because like I've always I've always considered myself a folk Catholic for as long as I can remember since especially since I've existed it's a good word it is it is especially since existing on the internet it's like it it equals a lot of the things that I actually do practice I I incorporate the Catholic pantheon into my practice but does that necessarily mean that I'm Catholic yeah, and then also, by the way, from the way that Chris was describing Jesus in the historical sense and whether or not that person existed, that was sending me into a fucking spiral because I was just like, <laughs> do I? Because, like, I, I don't know if I do anymore. Um, right. And then they, they were just like, he was just like, well, like, it depends. You've, you've cultivated a relationship with this archetype that exists, but you call this archetype Jesus. Mm-hmm. So does it matter? Yes. And I'm just like... Whenever I listened to that episode, I was going into it like, I don't know. I do believe Jesus was a real person. Um, but I came out of it like, no, he's like he's making sense. Because yeah. I also don't view my Jesus mm-hmm. as Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't like the Jesus I'm venerating again. I'm He's the animistic representation of light and love and all the other things that you kind of need in your life to stay stable whenever you're working with the things below, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't really care if he was a human that was crucified by the Romans or the Jews or whoever they're trying to say it was. Um, Yeah. I just, he's an archetype. He's, he does what he needs to do and it doesn't really matter if he was a human because he's a spirit now. Right. So I just kind of left that episode feeling like, does it matter? If he's real, I mean, I I believed everything that Chris said. That was fantastic. It was such a good episode. It really was. But does it matter? Yeah. Like the, there are people that listen to that and were probably like, "Oh, well, I have such a deep relationship with Jesus, and that really offends me." Yeah. Well, like that doesn't mean you can't still have a deep relationship with him. He just may not have been a person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like how Aphrodite wasn't a person, or. Odysseus from the Odyssey may or may not have been a person. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I relate to your sentiment, Vogo, of like walking out of that episode, and even so far as we've come in this one too. Just like I feel like my worldview is being flipped, and it's not making me want to throw out my practice and and the foundation that I've built by any means. But it's definitely given me 
a whole new perspective. And I think there's one lesson that I've learned and continue to learn from queerness, whether that's my queerness in sexuality and gender and just queerness overall as a person, is that there's always this constant fluctuation of transformation and evolution and, and just change. Like, nothing is permanent. And rather than feeling like after Chris's interview and feature on our show that, like, I didn't believe in what I believe in anymore. It's like, no, it just it's just shifted again. My practice has just shifted again, and it continues to do so, and it actually helped me make way for, mm-hmm. for new beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so just queerness in and of itself is magical because I think it has this innate lesson of impermanence and of change, which yeah. I think when having a spiritual, magical, religious practice in any way, shape, or form, it's so important to keep that in mind because I feel like when we hit stagnation, it's... Well, one reason, not the only reason, but one common reason is because it's we're unwilling or unaware that change needs to happen. And so I just, I love hearing your perspective flow of your traditional witchcraft, but incorporating Catholicism versus it being the other way around of Catholicism or full Catholic incorporating Mm -hmm. traditional witchcraft, right? Like that shifted for you. I would love to know, I don't know if you already kind of touched on it, but like, how did your practice come to be? Like, how did you know that your practice became how it is today? Um, well, on a dark and stormy night. No, (laughs) um, it was around my dad's death, actually. Um, he died unexpectedly in a very traumatic way. We weren't very close. In fact, he was kind of abusive, but, it's still one of those things that it just kind of changes you spiritually. It was also, it also literally happened within a month of me coming out as trans to my immediate family, my mother and grandmother. So there was a lot going on in my life back then. I was already kind of into the new age shit. (laughs) As we all were. Um, In a very gross way. Uh, And then I just started getting into traditional witchcraft. The very first book that I read was folk witchcraft by roger j horn fantastic book amazing book it goes so much into just european american so many histories of witches across the world and also just tells you like how to actually do the magic it's not just a list of ingredients and spells but telling you what you should feel what it should look like and that book really just kind of resonated with me because i felt very othered like the witch I felt like uh, the world around me was not accepting me for who I was. I felt like the only person or thing that could understand being trans, losing my father, who I had a very difficult relationship with, was the spirits of the dead and the devil himself. Um, So growing up in a very Protestant home, we were a Church of Christ. So that's not very common, I feel like, in the rest of the United States. But in the South, it's very that's like number two right after baptist lots of church of christ people um the church of christ is honestly just one inch away from being mormon or one that has so many rules that it's just absurd right like we weren't allowed to listen to music with instruments instruments were a sin because god says make melody in your heart uh and you can only do that if you sing you can only use the voice oh i was gonna say wait Uh, what's music without instruments i was like what does that mean yeah Um, okay very strange beliefs i wasn't allowed to listen to the radio and that's not all church of christ that was just my very fucked up family but there was a belief that there was the devil within you the sin that you cannot get wiped away unless you're baptized so i was baptized when i was a kid to remove the devil essentially and i came up out of the water and i looked down and i was like i still want titties 
I'm still trans. <laughs> the devil's still here, Work. girl. And I realized, like, you can't remove the devil from me. That would be removing me, the queerness, the dark parts that the church is scared of. This is me. So I went down this path, essentially, of just instead of viewing all of these dark parts as bad, just embracing them and being upfront, like, yeah, I am evil. And if you've got a problem with that, see you on the altar, bitch. Like, I, I don't really, I don't feel like there's this, um, there's not this love and light in the traditional witchcraft community. And I was just coming straight out of the new age stuff that was very much love and light. And I was so angry at the world and angry at my family and also myself. So just traditional witchcraft was just a saving grace. Very, the witch's savior, very much one of those like Aradia type beings came forth uh, and I went through my witch initiation and I do have a podcast episode about my witch initiation. I may have removed it. I don't know. Um, but I'm actually very vocal about it and like open to people messaging me about it and starting that conversation. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people in this community, both folkloric, folk magic, witchcraft, whatever, you, whatever you are. There are a lot of us that try to make us ourselves inaccessible we're popular. We have thousands of followers <laughs> on Instagram. We're hot girls. And we are. We're gorgeous. But I think that we need to be able to have a conversation with people because we're the next generation and we're going to be teaching the next generation. And although we don't have to give every part of our practice away and there is some power in secrecy. In fact, I try to stay as secret as possible because this is like the first time I've ever shown my face on the internet except for like once in a live that I deleted. So I love secrecy, but we need to make ourselves more accessible. I love a DM from a complete stranger on the internet. I love people asking me questions about my practice. Mm -hmm. I love talking about my initiation because who does? If I don't, then who's going to normalize the weird things? Who's going to normalize my idea that the devil loves eating people's hair and that's why I'm bald? In case you didn't know that, I'm completely bald. I lost all of my hair when I started estrogen. Um, I thought it was male pattern baldness. My doctor was like, no, you just have a gene for some sort of alopecia and your estrogen awakened it. And I was like, well, this happened around the same time that I started my witch initiation. It happened around the same time my father died. Like, my idea is that the devil loves consuming people's hair. And that is one of my favorite ways to hex people, by the way. But I think that there is this need, this hunger for things that are not in the books, the things that are not talked about on podcasts or anywhere on the internet. And if we're closing ourselves off from communication, then no one's ever going to feel comfortable with their very strange UPG. So yeah, I, that's my spiel. But I, I love communicating. I love, I have a discord. I love people coming in my discord and asking very personal questions and sharing very personal experiences. I think that we're too wrapped up in secrecy sometimes. I... <laughs> the okay, okay, I think there is a lot of power in secrecy. I think you're one hundred percent right. I think a lot of a lot of my practice is not anymore displayed on the internet because I kind of learned mm -hmm. my lesson in just giving too much because I don't think that there is really one a need for it yet because like I'm still not well in practice and I think it's just I'm doing myself a disservice by just putting everything out there and I think there should be a sense of moderation when it comes to putting your stuff out there, especially yourself out there just for protection's mm -hmm. sake. Um, like I am adamant about the folks who know when my birthday is to keep their fucking mouth shut. Like when, whenever that mm -hmm. like happens, like I don't want, 
a birthday post. I don't want like this, this or that. Like I don't want any of it. None of you talking about it. if we're going to hang out, no pictures, no posts on Instagram, all that stuff. So there is a, there, there is a certain amount of secrecy that does exist within my practice. Of course, I think moving in secret is extremely powerful and it's also extremely necessary, but the, I love how this conversation, see, this is what happens when flow comes. It's just the conversation flows into different things. And I love this. I don't even know. What we're, it's ADHD. I know. It's ADHD. It's Have illness. you guys seen that TikTok? It's ADHD. ADHD. No. Oh my God. It's so funny. Anyways, I'll send it to y'all. Um, anyways, the, it's, um, see, I don't even know what we're going to call this episode anymore because it's just diving into different topics now. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it's okay. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Um, especially because I do want to dive a little bit into your strange UPG since you've mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Um, because you do really have a strange UPG. I think that's something that we can definitely go into in the podcast, uh, in the, in the post show Flo, Are you going to be joining us for the post show? Oh yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So in fact, I didn't think it was an option not to. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course it's an option. You can. Th- there's always options. But yes, I think go, diving into your strange and unique, UP, very niche UPG um, is something mm-hmm. that we can talk about in the post show. So if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the Patreon so you can consume the post show with Lawrence mm-hmm. and Ryan and I. And that would be a very interesting conversation. But also in regards to moving in secret, I think that because like us as queer individuals, I think we've had to kind of condition ourselves to move in secret because being queer was mm-hmm. something that we had to keep a secret for a while. Mm-hmm. So I think being queer individuals and also magical practitioners, it came naturally to us. Holding your power in secret is something that came naturally to us. And I think we have been overconditioned in being kind of keeping our secrets and holding our secrets a little bit too tightly. And like you said, like for some, for, for folks who, you know, communicate effective, uh, you know, as effectively as we do, as all of us are podcast hosts, like our job is to communicate effectively. So divulging a certain amount of my practice and I guess in some way teaching, I'm not in any way claiming that I'm in any way a teacher. Like I'm still very much in my, I want to say adolescence, the adolescence of my practice. I don't think I'm in a place where I should be teaching anything. I don't, I'm in no way close to being an elder, even though a lot of my country friends will call me an elder because apparently I'm really, She's because I'm elderly. Yeah. But yeah, there, I mean, the, the aspect of moving in secret and your queerness, I think also has, they, they kind of intersect a little bit, a lot of it, because um, I think we're just conditioned to do so. And then also going into, now I'm going back into like my, my Catholic, identifying as a Catholic. How do I fucking see that as, because like my Catholicism is something that I don't keep necessarily a secret. And also it's actually really interesting. I do keep my Catholicism a secret from my, from my father, because my father is a Protestant. And so keeping it, keeping it a secret <laughs> from my dad is something that I, I actually, I don't, I'm not like out, like talking about it all the time or like wearing my, wearing my, my, my rosaries or carrying my rosaries or praying certain prayers around my dad. It's very like Jesus centered. It's very like, you know, you ask Jesus or you ask God and God shall answer or whatever. It's very, it's very Protestant. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So it's interesting now that I know I've always known this, but like you've kind of cued that part of my brain that started to realize it's like, even my, in my Catholicism, I'm, I'm moving in secret from certain people, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, in a, like, in terms of being a closeted witch, or that's the word that goes around right now, but I think that that's, there's no need to come out as a witch, or a folk Catholic, or anything, and I know that it, not to say, like, you should never tell anyone, but, like, I haven't told a lot of my friends and family 
I'm not necessarily hiding it. There are some family members I wouldn't want to know. My mother does not understand the extent of my devilry. Um, but she knows, like, I venerate Mary. I venerate Jesus. She knows these things. She doesn't know that I view him as a sun god and I talk to trees and <laughs> do all that stuff. But she doesn't have to. It doesn't matter. She's my mom. She's not, like, my best friend that I have to tell everything right. to. Mm-hmm. You don't, I don't know. I just think that it's okay to have your own personal things you don't have to broadcast everything on the internet you don't have to tell everyone in your life everything but also like you should be a little open (laughs) you should be open to share some things and you should be open to um gossip with your besties about your spiritual experiences so yeah there's like again like being queer and folk catholicism or whatever like it's important sometimes it's not important other times it's all relative to time and place and who you're speaking to mm-hmm. i'm really starting to not like that term anymore that term folk catholicism Why? like i'm not liking it anymore like i don't yeah. like con- well also because like who are the folks like are we like if we put like italian folk catholicism in front of mm-hmm. it that tells us right. like, where you're basing it from. If you say like American folk Catholicism, because now in the community it's becoming such a mangled up thing. If you mm-hmm. say it, they're like, "Oh well, what kind?" I don't know, bitch. Like, <laughs> I do this. I do a little of that. I do a little of this. I feel like we need to streamline our vocabulary a little bit so that we can say what we think and what we are, and people can kind of understand what it means specifically. Um, but again, some people don't like boxes. Some people don't like labels. Um, I don't know. It's difficult. Terms are difficult. Words are difficult. And then you think of languages that don't have as many words as English. And you're like, how would they describe this? Mm-hmm. Do they care? Does yeah. it matter? I don't know. Yeah. Does it matter? Yeah. I Speaking of like words in different languages, I just saw this TikTok of like this woman who married this like man from Italy, the, an Italian, like an actual Italian man. And I, I guess in Italy, they don't <laughs> an, have, they, an actual Italian, an actual Italian man. Apparently, <laughs> not an artificial, right, right. yeah, not one of the lab-grown ones, right. Apparently, they don't like they don't have the word toes in their vocabulary. Like I think they just call them like their oh their, yeah, like fingers their, for uh, your feet, fingers for your feet, fingers <laughs> for your feet. He, I saw that TikTok. Like, he like had a like he looked like a loading sign was going off in his head. He's like toes. <laughs> I saw that TikTok. That's so funny. That's so cute. Yeah, and, that man is fine as well, fuck. God, I follow them. That man is fine as fuck. God damn. Wait, is he the guy that, like, they always make fun of for how he speaks like, yes. So yes. in English on TikTok? Yes. Oh, I love him. Yeah, because his so wife cute. is, like, American, and he's, mm-hmm. like, very Italian. Yeah. yeah. They're very sweet. The, so they're, they're a very sweet couple. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like what everything was being discussed in the last couple of minutes is all about balance right like the balance between being open and being secretive or the balance between like blending this and that and yeah i don't know like folk catholic almost isn't again it's like i don't want to fully throw it away but i feel like i'm also moving into like a new identity slash label well that's what i was going to say like the balance between like the use of labels for identity but also like the abolition of labels right like on one hand it helps give people Uh, an encompassing sense of like oh yes this is me and now i can find people who belong to this similar identity or label as i but then also i feel like it's so confining because it's like once you adhere to a label like i just feel like it you can fall into this trap of conditioning yourself to think like okay so now i am this label instead of believing like this label is just part of who i am and -hmm. like confusing like the the part for the sum of the whole yeah and it's like i'm so interested to see like what's going to be the next like 
I guess, label or identity I take on that's not Mm full Catholic while, like, still having those elements of my practice, because, I don't know, like, witch doesn't feel completely on the mark for me. No, I, yeah. Uh, But, like, then I feel like folk practitioner just also sounds just so, like, too broad. It's it's weird. It's it's (laughs) nuanced. Then there's people saying that they're a, like, Catholic mystic, Mm -hmm. um, or a modern mystic. There's just so many words and they all have a certain vibe about them and they all kind of suck (laughs) but they all also have like some good qualities i don't know there's just language is hard yeah i mean like if we're gonna get into semantics i don't know if it matters as much i know that it does matter like using those words at a particular time and doing it incorrectly is stupid so like be careful but Mm -hmm. at the same time Mm -hmm. it's like I, i like I don't think you should take, like, we've talked about this before, obviously, and numerous podcasts and numerous practitioners have talked about this before. You can't slap the label witch on everything. You can't. Right. It doesn't doesn't exist that way. Like, it doesn't operate that way. You know, and I, I, I said this in, I think, the two episodes ago where I fell victim to it too, where I thought that anyone who practiced any sort of magic in any way could call themselves a witch. That's Mm -hmm. not how it works. Mm -hmm. There is a price to pay when it comes to becoming a witchcraft practitioner. If if you if you if you uh, operate within these currents, there is a price to pay. There is something that you have to give up. There is sacrifice that you have to pay when it comes to working within these currents, because, and that's why I'm saying like through the last couple of episodes and through also within like learning new things and also from my friends. And the people that I surround myself with, it's like the 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 idea of being being a folk Catholic doesn't necessarily resonate with me anymore because like before when I adopted the the, the term and the title as a folk Catholic, I ran with it. Everything was Catholic. Mm-hmm. Everything was associated with being Catholic, my pantheon, my prayers, the way I operated it within my practice with Catholic, but it wasn't witchcraft. And then now when I've really, really gotten really, really close to my local land spirits and going out to the woods and saying hi and them really coming up for me and cultivating this relationship while also at home in my altar having those Catholic spirits also on my side. I kind of like split my time. I also kind of split my practice. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't resonate with me anymore because it's not just who I am anymore. I've grown out of it. It's still part of who I am. It's still part of what I do. It's still part of my cosmology, but it's not the majority of it. So the idea of calling myself a witch and also a folk Catholic, I think it's more of like I'm a witch folk practitioner with that also has Catholic, you know, it kind of like the labels also fluid. Like the label is fluid, just like my gender is just like my queerness is because I don't know at the same time, does it matter? Does it actually matter what I call it? This is what I, first of all, not a lot of people know what I do anyway, because I don't, like <laughs> I said, moving in secret. Um, the power of moving in secret is important. And I think not being able to label it and also giving someone a chance to label it for me, there's power in that, right? Not giving someone the power to label it for me, telling me how I should should identify. I think I should be able to to. to determine that myself um based on my own cosmology and et cetera et cetera but based on my own experiences et cetera et cetera um but yeah i don't know it goes kind of back and forth for me i think this is going to be some of one of this one of those things that i'm going to be exploring within the next couple of moons (laughs) to see like 
what I still consider myself in some way a Catholic. Yeah, but no, same, magically, same. yes and no, and then also like witchcraft, yes and no. It's like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like it's difficult to kind of hone in on mm-hmm. like what do I what do I call myself, and also yeah. does it matter? I don't know yet. It does matter sometimes, though, because whenever I'm... I love weaving. There is this beautiful quote from the book uh, The Witch's Double, I believe, by Roger or, yeah, Roger J. Horn. And I quoted it on my, um, my blog. I quoted it on my blog. And the witch, it's the witch is like a snake. And it weaves from left to right, from Catholic to witchcraft. And I identified with that because the idea that I am a Catholic sometimes when I'm at Mary's altar. And then I am a witch whenever I'm not at Mary's altar and I'm in the graveyard. It's I'm both Mm -hmm. and neither I'm something completely different. (laughs) And I'm also transgender and that all is overlapped in a very strange way. And this is the reason why Um, Flo and I flow together because there are times where I'll (laughs) talk on the podcast and she'll listen to the episode and she'd be like, let me talk about what you just mentioned because this is exactly how I practice. (laughs) And I'm just like, (laughs) of course it is. It's like, because like it, like you're right it does it goes that way it goes this way yeah labels are just like that you can be multiple labels Mm -hmm. but you don't have to be them all at the same time that's right you can bounce between them all you can be catholic at the altar and you can be a witch Outside. outside like you can just you can do your nature spirit stuff and then still worship god or whatever and i think that people call it eclectic I personally don't like that. Neither term. do I. <laughs> Austin loves that term. Austin adores that term. She's such an eclectic girly. I know, um, but I think Austin loves I, it because it's condescending. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the reason why she yes. loves that word is because mm-hmm. it's condescending. But yeah, like you don't have to. You call your, like you said a second ago. You called yourself a folk Catholic, and then you like went real hard into Catholicism, mm-hmm. and you kind of forced yourself into a label. Yeah, and you don't really have to do that. I mean, you can still fit into it in some ways but i there's so much pressure i think with figuring out what kind of witch you are and then there's all these cringy tumbler types of witches the lunar the witch, kitchen witch the red witch the green witch like all these very ludicrous terms um, bane and bramble but yeah, yeah. I just, uh, bane and bramble <laughs> the yeah. witch of bane and bramble yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm just kidding i love you very cringe um, there's so many <laughs> ways to practice witchcraft and there's so many labels some sometimes too many labels yeah um but yeah i i don't know there's just there is so much for me light in folk catholicism and i think a lot of times when people start falling out of the form that we've created called folk catholicism that's them representing or feeling a pull towards traditional witchcraft i feel like that's just my own personal upg but i'm like oh yes folk i like go to the nature spirits (laughs) like enjoy the darker side of the spirit world stop always being under mary and like love her adore her but like sometimes we gotta great gowns we're human and we have great gowns and we've got (laughs) great hmm? gowns (laughs) but yeah like i I don't know. I love just exploring. The minute I started deciding, I decided to go outside and say hi to those spirits in a very, uh, in a meaningful way, not just like 
not just gratitude, which I think is important, but going out and commuting in a meaningful way, it totally changed my perspective. And I told Rye the minute it happened when things started to change for me, where I started to identify and I split my identity, where I said those exact words, where I am a Catholic sometimes and I am a witch sometimes. It's, I mean, I'm both all the time, but I don't perform the same way all the time. Like mm-hmm. every day is different. You know, I feel like I'm a witch all the time and I feel like I'm a Catholic all the time, but I don't do those things all the time. Mm-hmm. I perform differently depending on what I need. Like a lot of the things that I do within my Catholicism is um, like consults, like my, my, my Catholic spirits are my consults or like my counselors in what I should perform next, what I should do next. So I was like, okay, so I need to do this curse. Is this warranted? Can I do this? Is this something that I can do? And will I be able to, to, to um, handle the sacrifice, handle the consequences? And that's how like, I communicate with my, my, um, my like Catholic pantheon. Like, can I do this? Like, that's kind of how like my witchcraft and my, my Catholicism kind of intersect where I, I, I seek consult but then, like, when it goes to, like, devotional stuff and, like, going into, like, that, I become really Catholic. And then when I go into, like, more land, land-based land stuff and gratitude and going more into, like, my darker stuff, like what you were talking about, going into the woods and saying hi to the, to the, to the spirits and to the devil and saying, like, I, 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 please walk with me. <laughs> Those things, they, they're definitely separate. Like, I don't take them at the same time like i'm not bringing i'm not bringing my local land spirits to my altar and i'm not bringing my altar to the woods you know so mm-hmm. i think it's okay to be fluid in your practice i think it's okay to be fluid in your um in your in your praxis and i think it's okay for you to to shift and change and and just as long as you're being safe and you're not hurting anybody to an extent like definitely hurt if you need to um <laughs> take that for what it is uh you know do what you can this is kind of like this is this is this is proof of growth this is proof of growth in your in your practice is that it's not going to stay the same all the time um it's going to change and i mean rye is going through one right now where they feel like things are shifting a little bit um and that's just what it is that's just it just shifts it changes Mm -hmm. well next time i'm in la i'd love for you to like I don't know, take me to like a nature spot or some shit and help me like ease into that more like actual witchcraft side. Cause I feel like uh-uh, I have such we difficulty. diving in baby. Uh-uh, no, yeah. uh-uh. If no. I did, if I wasn't dipping my toes in, you're not dipping your toes in. That's we fine. are conjuring. I, I just, I, Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Flo. Oh, I would feel nervous living where you guys live and going out in nature. Um, I've never really been to like a park where there's an abundance of people, um, I live out in the middle of nowhere, so I'm just, like, constantly... I mean, I'm not, but if I were where you guys are, I would constantly be over my shoulder, like, is there someone that's, out that's Oh, why, it's happened. Is there a person that's why I'm happened. nervous? Like, sucking and fucking in these bushes Well, not here? even that. There's just, like... And oh, I'm just, there's a lot of... I don't like to use the word crazy loosely because it can come across ableist, but there are a lot of, like, just yeah. houseless folks inside Golden Gate Park, which yeah. I live two mm-hmm. blocks away from, and so that's mm-hmm. one reason. Like, I'm a paranoid bitch. Like, I'm if I'm going to be in the dark I and I hear know. noises, like, I'd rather it be a spirit than, like, I don't know, like, a houseless folk mm-hmm. trying to, like, attack me or some shit in the middle of the night because yeah. people in SF are and, fucking wild. And I also think that there's 
spirits in the city mm-hmm. you know like you don't always have to go to nature yeah. um like this is such a this is one of my spirit obsessions i've always been interested in the idea of the rat king in new york city <laughs> just like that is definitely a spirit and, within itself for sure yeah like this huge god of the rat right. that lives in the sewer like that's like a devil in my opinion and i just am obsessed with it has the, to be these city spirits why do you know yeah, what the rat like king I, is no, but it maybe have you all seen the the VHS movies? What? Oh my god. So it's like a it's like a horror anthology and it's all like found footage like uh different like short stories and and there's one where there's like And it's called the VHS movie. They're just called VHS. I think it's just VHS. There's VHS 1990 something which comes after the first one. Oh. Anyways, they're great watching, but there's one where it's like there's like a rat god king thing that it's it's wild. Um, that's what well, I what, think of, but that's all I know. What the rat king is in in especially in New York City where there's a lot of rats is it's not like a big rat. A rat king is yeah. is a bunch of rats that their tails have become tangled like, up in each other, and they like form together. Oh well, yeah, like it is an actual thing. It's a bunch of rats that I guess when they're like sucking and fucking in the sewers. <laughs> their tails get all like ratted and just they're all stuck together and can't escape and they normally like die like that and there's like a dead one that's stuck against all the live ones yeah it's really sad Mm -hmm. it's really sad Um, oh my god it's very sad yeah but then there's this folkloric spirit called the rat king where he is like a huge monsoon of like a wave of rats that has come together and formed like the body of a rat like a bunch thousands of rats kind of like the little like megazord i was just about to say that was gonna be my reference it was like as a megazord (laughs) from the fucking power rangers of rats whenever all of their motorcycles or whatever come together (laughs) and form a humanoid thing it's that's what the rat king is in folklore oh my god that's terrifying Um, so that's that's like a city spirit like you guys have spirits in the city and they're probably not named like that but you could find them and that's just Again, this goes back to being more open about your spiritual experiences, because if you don't talk about it, then how would you know that you can go out and just sit under a tree and have a weird vision about a headless spirit that looks like your great grandmother that's on fire, but she also has like a dildo hanging out of her mouth. Like, you don't (laughs) like weird things like that. You see the weirdest, wildest things. Oh, absolutely. And if you don't hear other people affirming you like yeah like i see weird shit too i hear weird Mm -hmm. shit then you just kind of think that you're making it up but no like that's an actual spirit (laughs) that lives right outside your house Mm -hmm. and and then to to speak on raya's um point about like being nervous about you know going out and like you know just Mm -hmm. um random folks being out there transients if if that like um those folks have spirits attached to them too. You know, that is a, that is a very powerful um, energy to also feed off. If it's like the, the, the energy of the city is something that should be, should, I mean, should be utilized in some way safely if you can. But like the park that we go to in the middle of the night, you know, folks sleep in that park. It's a huge park. It's a hiking trail. And people, you know, they set up camp and they and they live in this park. And so we're also in their home that we are in mm. the home that they have or they, we are in the in the space that they have called their home and the spirits of that park protect them. So we have to also, you know, give our own respects and gratitude to the folks who call that place home, not just to the spirits, but to the people. Um, 
and you know i understand there's a there's a there's a certain amount of you know anxiety that that would bring bring for anybody usually they leave you alone it's not i mean for based on my experience they usually just leave us alone also we kind of walk we kind of walk into the park kind of spooky looking so i don't i don't think that people are really gonna <laughs> they're bother more scared us. of you uh, like yeah they're more scared of us um because like we walk we, we 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 do the whole thing like we we're all glammed up and we walking we we walk into the parking cloaks you know what i mean it's like they know they know that we're 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 doing something that they don't want to deal with you know what i mean so they, they would transvestite ritual <laughs> <laughs> what is it the, exactly the conspiracy theory adrenochrome y'all are having little adrenochrome rituals in the park what is that i don't know what oh that. it's like i don't know it's some fucking conspiracy theory that like right-wing people believe that um like the the government officials drink the the blood and adrenochrome of children so they look young and live forever it it's a whole thing Oh God! I mean, sure, they're not. I'm all I'm for, for it. it. Yeah, it's <laughs> like that sounds great. I mean, it keeps keeps you young and sacrifices children, especially the loud ones that their parents can't control. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just something that you. I mean, that is the spirit of the city. That is the energy of the city. Going into going into a dangerous part of town is something that people have done as you know initiations. That's one of the things that my my friend Cody was called uh, was called to do by one of their spirits when he lived in Chicago where he was, it's like part of this initiation is you have to go to a really dangerous part of your town to do this Mm -hmm. spell. And you have to go alone in the middle of the night and he had to do it. And it's just part of it. It's part of, it's part of your, it's part of the spell. It's part of it's, it's, it's just part of it. it. You know, diving into that danger, diving into that, that uncomfortable part of your physical self is part of of navigating what it is what it means to be a magical practitioner in some in some cases you know it is it is it is part of it um what i do is going to the woods going to the woods and risking risk the risk of one getting caught two being eaten by a mountain lion we have mountain lions out here and coyotes mm-hmm. oh my god well, we have those that in san francisco so too we... yeah we have mountain lions mm-hmm. and we 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 conjure in the mountains mm-hmm. yeah scary (laughs) and we do i mean oh go go ahead ahead. i I was gonna say uh, one time i i coerced my one of my close friends to do a Ouija board session with me i did um Mm. and there's a there's a spot in san francisco near these old ruins of a bathhouse that used to be there it's called sutro bath i very haunted keanu was supposed to bring me there and we didn't have time but i wanted to go there so bad so i went there at night with uh with one of my friends with the ouija board and like as we found a cool spot to sit down and start like you know initiating a session like a fucking badger just starts coming down like the hill that's like at the top of uh like we're at the bottom of a hill it's coming down at us and it's closer and closer so we're like we're just gonna call this a night and (laughs) we're just gonna go (laughs) and badgers aren't scared of people No, no, no. That's why we're like, we're getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. Really? I love badgers. Oh, no, but badgers, they'll, they'll attack. Like, they're not scared of people. Like, they're kind of like raccoons. Oh, no, they're not. Like, they'll, they'll go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. They will. But I've, I don't know. Like, I'm not really, I guess we grew up in different places, very different places. (laughs) Flo's like, I'll pet the badger. Um, (laughs) I will. I'll take the badger home. I pick up all the toads. I pick up the snakes. I'm not afraid of the bugs. I touch all of it. Um, I'm a grubby, dirty girl. <laughs> uh, like, as a kid, I was always covered in mud. I was always picking up things and eating things. And yeah. You'll smell it before you see her. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I just feel like, I don't know, there's this, um, I'm kind of jealous of you guys because there's, there's this abundance of land that is still populated by people. It's not like wild. Like when I go outside, the spirits are like hungry. The spirits have not seen a person in mm, years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no one here. It's not densely packed. There's not people that are homeless in the woods. There's none of that here. There is very, in the Ozark Mountains, it's very easy for you to just like step in a hole and fall into a cave and die. Like that's a thing that happens all the time. There's so many caves under the mountains here. And I just, I don't know. I My fears are just kind of like, don't fall. <laughs> um, don't get bit by a venom- venomous snake. Uh, I would be super, super anxious to live where you guys do and there'd be people around. Even if they're, like, good people and that there's nothing to fear. I'm just, I'm so scared. Oh, no. I mean, that's definitely a valid... I mean, even when we go to the park, there are rangers who drive past... I mean, there's, like, this crossroad that we find where we conjure... We conjure? Why did I say it like that? Where we conjure. (laughs) Um, So there's this this crossroads that we... But the crossroads is, like like in a ditch that's right above a road. So we see the rangers drive by all the time. We see the lights, we see the noises. Mm-hmm. It happens all the sing- every single time. We think that they can't see us, but I'm pretty sure they can. And when they see a group of cloaked <laughs> queers in the woods, I th- I would be so self-conscious. I think we just got used to it. I think we just got used to it. And also I think we just stopped caring. Um, and I mean, we have like an open fire. We bring a cauldron with us and we have like a fire going in the cauldron. So it's like it's not. Oh my god! Yeah, it's not like a, it's not hundred percent safe. But like we 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 know what we're doing. But at the, the same time, it's like go faster, yeah. go faster. Starting forest fires. Yeah. But if like if they see if they see like an open fire in the middle of the fucking woods, they're gonna say something. Obviously, but like mm-hmm. it's what's needed. It's what we need to do. We need to cast a fire in a cauldron. Yeah, it's one of those moments you just kind of believe the spirits are gonna like keep things right for the rest. Mm. And they do every mm-hmm. single time. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. do every single time. I do an incantation that worked. And every single time we've we've gone, I've used that same spell every single time. And it's the incantation. It's um, we are invisible to those who want who wish to see us fail. One time it worked so well. It, I th- there was like a fog around us. I shit mm-hmm. you not. It was incredible. I I I was like, okay, whatever. It's the weather. It's moist. There's a fog around us. No. But in my head, I was just like, I did that. That was me. <laughs> I do that all the time. I'll be like, try to make sense of it in a way that doesn't give myself as much credit. But I'm also just like, that was me. <laughs> Totally yeah, that was me. So I was like in my head, I was like, you know, like Halle Berry, like floating up, uh, up the um, the elevator as Storm, and she has like white eyes and shit. I was like, good that was fucking vibe. Yes. <laughs> that was me. It's like I do that all. The weather is such an important thing to me. Mm-hmm. It's very windy here, um, very humid. And my grandmother, I've always just kind of called her a weather witch. She's not, but she's always had really weird ties to the weather. She has arthritis. So, like, her joints hurt whenever it's about to storm. Mm-hmm. So, like, people would always be like, is it going to storm today? Um, and she'd be like, yeah, like, my my knees are kind of hurting, so it's probably going to storm this week. Um, but I just, like, whenever you're outside reading an incantation or just, like, praying to a spirit, the wind can Yeah. And you're just like the leaves start or the trees move. The trees. the trees move, and there's no wind. Yeah. That's the that that happens to me a lot. Where we're, I'm doing like an incantation, and the trees move, but there's no fucking wind. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. 
That was me. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't think that a normal, like a cishet person that is not oppressed in some way could do that. Like, I think my power comes from my otherness, my mm. witch initiation, my queerness and I my like, inherent liminality yeah, like yeah you can you can mm-hmm. have your pussy moon womb stuff that's great it's very powerful but like if you haven't gone through some sort of initiation i don't know i feel like queerness is an initiation in a it way, is and i feel like other people have to go out of their way mm-hmm. to go through an initiation like your friend that went to a dangerous part of town or like people in indigenous cultures that live in the wild wilderness for like a month and whenever they come back, they're a grown man. Like, they've achieved adulthood or whatever. And I feel like being queer, we kind of do that in our own well, way. Well, I'm going to mm. tell you right now, and I'm, gonna, I'm going to... And, Rai, I would love for you to, to expand on what I'm, about to, what I'm about to say, because Flo already mentioned it, is that your queerness is not, in a way, an initiation. It is an initiation. Because mm-hmm. yeah. my friend who had to go into a dangerous part of town to initiate themselves into the craft is something that we had to do our entire lives. Us being mm-hmm. queer is dangerous. So that is our initiation and it could be part of our initiation, but you being queer and also being a witch, that is your initiation. It is something that you inherently have that not, not everyone does. It is a privilege that you, <laughs> you being queer is your privilege in, into finding your 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 path and it's something that i had I, I had to figure out and it's something that i carry with me every single fucking day because my queerness is something that gives me my power and it's something that has given me my confidence it has it has some it is something that has granted me my my happiness but it is also something that has granted me the most traumatic and most depressing parts of my entire being it's mm-hmm. both mm-hmm. it has given yeah. me that so 100 percent. yeah i feel like when you're in the other it's already in a way like brings you closer to the divine and the spirit realm which i feel like um i feel like flo spoke to this earlier just like indigenous cultures have seen that already from you know centuries past like the the indigenous communities that have two spirit identities or even the the babylon in the philippines were um men who dressed effeminately or in you know queer people and trans people because they were already seen as having this innate magic and ability to communicate with the spirit realm that that cishet people didn't possess and so yes i completely wholeheartedly believe that being queer in and of itself is is an initiation um and to add on to that i think it's you know as you grow into that and become more aware of it and also embrace it because there are those who are queer that will try to repress it the more you grow into it and embrace it as your fully authentic self that furthers the initiation if that if that makes sense like i feel like when you when you when you claim that as your power you're able to tap into that power we're so esoteric and hot (laughs) (laughs) just like we're the hottest girliest girls we are so smart girl Um, this is this is basic doll behavior i don't know why people can't mm -hmm. catch up some people just can't catch up yeah no like talk about that because I, mm, I don't, okay. I'm mentoring spill, a few spill, people. Spill, please. I am, I would never say I'm like a master at what I do, but I know enough to teach people because there's so many people that are so misled and I feel like I know enough and I've done enough and I practice enough to lead some people in some ways. Uh, so I have taken on a few mentees 
And something that really gets me is that I don't want to say all of them, but most of them are always asking, like, how do you know that this is working? How do you know the spirits are accepting your petition? And I'm just like, you must not be trans (laughs) because you aren't feeling this this power it's like a part of you that you've keep kept hidden your entire life is being seen and received and accepted and that is the same feeling i feel when i'm doing spells mm-hmm. that is the same feeling i feel when i'm praying to a, a spirit very talking good to point. A spirit cursing someone and it's like i want to teach you how to do effective magic and have really good relationships with your spirits but it's so hard to explain something to someone who's not queer and more specifically who's not trans not to say that your type of queer is not as powerful as my type of queer but I didn't grow up the same way that the people that I'm mentoring did so I run into a wall in some ways where it's like oh you don't have this otherworldly ability about you you don't have this otherness ingrained in your body you don't have these perceptions that other people are forcing onto you and your body and what you need to look like and be shaped like to be whatever gender. And it's just so difficult to mentor (laughs) people who are not trans. And I love the people that I'm mentoring. I have built very close relationships with them. Some of them I would even say are friends with me now. But again, like it's just, there's, there's a part of magic that, not to say you get it or you don't, but some of us are just more destined to do some things and some of us are not. It's either you, yeah. but it is though, you're right. It, 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 it is either you get it or you don't. And the girls that get it, get it. Mm-hmm. The hot esoteric bimbo yeah. girlies that get it, get it. Mm-hmm. The hot esoteric bimbo Definitely. girlies get it, get it. And I think, I think you can like learn some things. Like you can learn to read tarot, like it's a system, right? Um, anyone can... Uh, memorize the definitions of the tarot cards but then some of us are also reading the spirits above the cards and the spirits in the room not just the cards Mm -hmm. themselves so then it's one of those moments where it's like not to say I'm better than you but I'm better than you (laughs) and I'm I I don't know maybe I wouldn't say I'm gifted I don't know. I don't know if my like fingers are in the camera when I do this because like my little like screen is just a cute little square, and I feel like my camera is like very <laughs> wide angled. Okay, so I'm doing quotation marks around that. Also, if you're not watching this, I don't feel like there's this power that I have, and I don't want to say I'm gifted. I don't want to say that I'm a medium or a psychic. Or any of those things. Um, maybe that's <clears throat> maybe that's because I don't like thinking as highly of myself. <laughs> maybe it's a mental health issue, <laughs> um, insecurity. But I, I don't know. I feel like those gifts are part of being trans, or being gay, being queer, being non-binary. I feel like this not fitting in the world around you has given you abilities, and maybe some of us can see spirits better than others maybe some of us can and just haven't learned how to use that yet but i'm just i don't know i've never been cis <laughs> so i can't tell you if i would still have these abilities if i were cis but i for me being queer is my magic i don't know i just i honestly get kind of grossed out by people that aren't queer and practice- 
um, hot take. But <laughs> but I'll have conversations with people, and they're talking about just you know the normal like pussy womb moon magic, which is again super powerful. Yeah, super powerful. We love bleeding pussy. We love that. Um, put it in your husband's tea. Actually, don't. But like, put it in your husband's tea <laughs> for um, legal reasons. Don't. But put you. it in your husband's. Yeah. Tea. And but that's like there's so much more than that. We're like putting our magic into our body and not like I don't know. Like that's just so not for me. I've never done anything like that. My magic isn't surrounded by how my body looks or how it's shaped or how my body reproduces. I just do the magic. Yeah, we navigate it differently. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think we've given so the public has... too much good free information. So I think now's a good time that yeah. if y'all want any more, yeah, subscribe to our Patreon to hear us elaborate even subscribe. more in our page in our Patreon post shows. Yeah, and what we're gonna do in the Patreon post show for this particular episode is we're gonna be diving a little bit deeper into f- into Flo's cosmology. Oh my god! Because I think I think I just want Flo to just kind of run with it. I just want us like. <laughs> I want to hear forever. which initiation. Yes, that's something that's mm-hmm. that's a very interesting conversation. So, if y'all have not had the chance to do so, please subscribe to the Patreon and listen to the post show. Um, we are very very grateful for all the patrons, the Patreon members that we have now. All of them will be shown on the screen. Thank you so much for your for your subscription and thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate you. You can find um, our Patreon at patreon.com slash the red text um and we have three tiers that you are that you are free to subscribe to um the lowest tier will get our monthly rosary circles as well as our bonus shows and bonus episodes or post shows and bonus episodes as well as blog posts and um benefits are added the higher you go so just read read up um thank you for our top subscribers they will be shown on the screen now and um yeah. Anything else before we move on to the post show, y'all? No. No. Not for be me. Be queer. Do witchcraft. Be queer and do witchcraft. You can't be a witch if you're not queer. <laughs> Sorry. <hot day>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all for joining us for another episode of the Red Text for another unholy communion. I'm your co-host Rai, aka the Mesty Soul Mystic, and I am Volga Illumisente, and I am Flo, the Trans Folk Witch on Instagram. And we'll see you on our next Unholy Communion.